to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick, and I'm here with my friend Zach. Hey, how's it going? So today we're uh, finishing up with the M19 set review. Uh, we've got a lot of main deck cards to go through. Last time we covered all the Commanders and Planeswalkers, so this time it's just the, the other cards from M19 that we think could have an impact on the Commander format. Yeah. So let's jump right in. We'll start with Cleansing Nova, which is three white-white sorcery. Choose one, destroy all creatures, or destroy all artifacts or enchantment and enchantments. Uh, yeah. What do you what do you think of this card? Yeah, you get both. This is awesome. I did not expect something this cool out of a corset wrath. Mm-hmm. I was expecting another planar cleansing or bad day of judgment variant, variant. Yeah. and instead we got this incredibly useful card. Yeah, there aren't actually that many uh, white cards that effectively wipe all artifacts and enchantments. It's really like you've got austere command. And, like, nobody's really playing Purify. Yeah, yeah, there's um, not really a reason most of the time. Yeah, because the thing is, like, unlike with green, like, Bane of Progress is great for green, mm-hmm. A, because it being a creature makes it a lot more easy to recur and mm-hmm. tutor out, whereas, like, with Purify and white, white can't recur spells, white can't tutor for spells, yeah. <laughs> so it's not that effective, and, and, and sometimes it's just a blank card, whereas Bane of Progress, like... Uh, it's, At least as a body. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or you can always just toss Bane of Progress to your survival, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like this card a lot because it gives white the ability to r- get rid of artifacts and enchantments, and it does so at an extremely low opportunity cost. Mm-hmm. Like, destroying all creatures is something you're already going to have many variants of in white. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this is only, like, one mana more, and then you get this option to, like oh man, this artifact combo player is comboing off. Yeah, or like someone, Pillafort player, you can show them why it's bad, or anything mm-hmm. anything like that. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to punishing the Pillafort player. <laughs> yes, no, I'm, I'm really into this too. Mm-hmm. Again, like this is going to be a common theme, there's going to be a lot of these cards where I'm going to go, yeah, I did not expect that from a corset. Mm-hmm. The corset tends to be like simpler cards, staple effects. Yeah, but... they just really went hard on them. Yeah, so it's going to be very impactful for commander overall i think and we'll we'll have a a wrap-up summary later yes. but that's going to be a theme uh next card leonin war leader two white white for a four four cat soldier when it attacks create two one one white cat creature tokens with lifelink that are tapped and attacking so what what are your thoughts it's interesting to me how few white cards there are that do this mm-hmm. like this like that was actually there's the hero of blade hold Mm-hmm. And not much. If you're in red, you else. got Hanwear Garrison. Yeah, yeah, and so which is so interesting because this seems like an effect that is so white. Yeah, you you have your guy that attacks and you get some weenies, and it, it's this is great. Like this does what you want it to do. Yeah, there's uh, plenty of decks that are running Hero Blade Hold. This is it's a downgrade because like yeah, definitely ba- like not having Battle Cry, not having the built-in Anthem is a little bit of a shame, but yeah. still. Hero Blade Hold is good enough that a slightly worse second copy is is going to find a home in a lot of decks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, the fact that it can't attack for seven on its own is whatever. But I know, but you you do get to attack for six on it. Yeah, so and and their lifelink, which is yeah awesome. <laughs> like that can be like a weird bit of extra value every now and then, especially yeah. If, you if you're just anthems. looking at the pure life swing of that first attack, <laughs> technically this guy's an upgrade. That's true. <laughs> Whoa. 
So yeah, strong card. Uh, I think it'll see play in white token builds easily. Mm -hmm. Next card I want to talk about is Militia Bugler. It's two and a white for a 2-3 Vigilance Human Soldier. When it enters the battlefield, look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a creature card with power two or less from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So I think that the hit rate is probably going to be too low in most decks. Yes. So the, there's like two kinds of decks that are where it will be high enough. One is just like extremely tuned, uh, like low to the ground, low CMC, cheap value creatures. Mm -hmm. And then like the only expensive creature is the one crater hoof beam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But in those, but so that's one type of build it could like have a decent hit rate in. Mm -hmm. But I think that in that kind of deck, it's just going to be too weak. Yeah. To, yeah. The only deck that I thought about this being like, probably decent include in was like Jazal because it like helps you curve into I, him. I was thinking Alesha. Oh yeah 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 because you get back your guys yeah. Yeah so Alesha is, is you know primarily creatures that fit the the small power build. Yeah and also like Alesha can repeatedly reanimate this guy so even okay, if yeah. the first one isn't like a whole lot of value to just to justify the card it's still over the long term, if you're doing it a lot, could be pretty useful. Oh, yeah, that, that's great. Mm -hmm. I think he's not not bad. Next card is Resplendent Angel. This is one white-white for a 3-3 three, three angel flying. At the beginning of each end step, if you gained five or more life this turn, create a 4-4 four, four white angel creature token with flying and vigilance. And then pay three white-white-white. <laughs> Until end of turn, Resplendent Angel gets plus two plus two and gains lifelink. What are your thoughts? Yeah, this is... I did not expect them to print this card in a corset either. Mm -hmm. Like, this is such a cool life gain reward and such a big... Like, the activated ability isn't going to come up much, but is going to do so much for you. Mm -hmm. Because it's it's going to have these huge life swings, or you're just going to win, or you're going to gain enough life to get more angels. It, it's, it's very good. <laughs> and the fact that it's only three mana, and it has flying built in... It's it's pretty great. I, I'm really happy that it seems like with this set and the battle bond and a few sets, they're kind of realizing that you can be a little more aggressive with life gain rewards, which is really nice. Like especially in commander, like that's something that's necessary. Yeah, this whole set seems very built towards. I mean, they they explicitly stated that going into the set, they were trying to like fill out niche archetypes in standard, yeah. which also translate well to commander because yeah. commander has got you know hundreds of different archetypes so somebody's going to benefit if you have if you're aiming for niche stuff so resplendent angel yeah i'm i'm happy it does two things that i think are both great for the format it bolsters uh it's a great reward for life gain matters although five is a lot more than four <laughs> yes yeah um, yeah but i'm sure with karlov it shouldn't be too hard to to get this to trigger relatively yeah. often at least once per round of turns or something no yeah and and that is the thing that it's not just your turn also it's yeah. each end step so for whatever reason you are able yeah if you're to... if somebody plays like a secure the wastes into your st like soul warden yeah there you go <laughs> so that that is pretty cool like it's probably not going to come up much but the fact that it will come up is pretty pretty juicy yeah and then I also like that it's like a pushed angel token generator that synergizes well with Lyra Dawnbringer. Oh, yep. Unfortunately, I oh man, I wish the threshold was four because then like the plus one plus one in lifelink would be enough that just casting this followed by Lyra would, would be... That's enough yeah. on its own. Yeah. But whatever. 
you probably got some other angel on the board or way to gain life or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's it's great. It uh, triggers off of Lyra and gives you more guys for Lyra. So it's awesome. All right. Uh, next card I want to talk about is Valiant Knight. Uh, it's three and a white for a three four human knight. Other knights you control get plus one plus one, and three white white knights you control gain double strike until end of turn. It's definitely not as good as some of the other knight tribal <laughs> definitely stuff we've seen true. in the past. Yeah. Uh, no knight exemplar, no Kinsvale Caval- uh, cavalier, but we really don't have a critical mass of knight tribal effects. Yes. So we can't be super choosy. Yeah, and and this is fine. I would say this is acceptable because yeah. a lot of the knights are not that much mana so you can curve into this and then giving your pumped up knights double strike is not the worst thing it sucks that you have to spend your turn doing that mm-hmm. but uh you could definitely take a fat chunk out of someone's life total hopefully yeah you know it'll add a decent amount of damage if you're willing to pay all the mana it requires <laughs> um i mean you'll play it near Ariel. And then hopefully they'll print some more good knight token generators sometime in the near future so you can yeah. spread this kind of effect a little wider. That's kind of what I've been looking for, is I'm looking for more cards that make those 2-2 two, two Vigilance Knights. Yeah, the problem is, it's like with zombies, like, making 2-2 two, two bodies is so much worse than making 1-1 one, one bodies. Yeah. Not just because of Skull Clamp, but just, like, the because they charge you a worse rate. Like, I'd so, I'd so much rather get, like, three one ones for 3 mana than, like two two twos for four mana yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah you can do a lot more with just more bodies especially yeah definitely i don't know ravnica we're going back to ravnica yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens yeah, with that all right metamorphic <laughs> alteration so this is one and a blue for an aura with enchant creature as it enters the battlefield choose a creature enchanted creature is a copy of the chosen creature what do you think about this card uh, I actually think this is pretty rad. I saw this and thought this was a cool clone variant, uh, specifically because it's two mana. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that it's, like, there there needs to be two creatures for you to clone something. Are there, are there any blue decks that run a lot of token generation? Or, like, like blue-white decks, maybe? Because what I'm thinking is... Probably. Because what I'm thinking is if you've got Hero of Bladehold, though, see? Uh-huh. Or or the new... Uh, oh, the yeah, yeah, guy, yeah. So you attack with them, and then you enchant one of the tokens, and now you got two token generators going. Yeah, or something like that. But yeah, I, I do like this because um, the it gives up the cost of like mana for the cost of like you have to work a little work bit. A little it's bit. definitely narrower. Although there is also the possibility of just using it uh, offensively because it's I mean it's no like dark steel mutation or song of the dryads, but. It does, like, shut down an opposing commander in an annoying way. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, forcing them to, like, spend their own kill spell on their own commander for two mana is decent. Mm -hmm. And then also has, you know, like we were discussing, the the proactive effect, the proactive uses as well. Mm -hmm. All right, moving on to the next card, Mirror Image. Oh, yeah. Which is two and a blue for a zero-zero shapeshifter. And, uh, oh, and also, you can have it enter the battlefield as a copy of any creature you control. Yeah, <laughs> this is pretty cool. So, I was talking to someone, and we kind of thought that this probably could have been, it probably could have been clone, and, and it would have been fine, yeah. but that would have been a rare. Uh, but I do like, like, the goofy things you can do with this, and, like, honestly, like, the most obvious, like, good interaction is Sun Titan. Mm-hmm. 
whoa, whoa. so there's a whole bunch of value you can get, not even just with Sun Titan, and I don't know, I like this. I like cheap clones. I think they're really versatile. Yeah, I definitely would like to see more, uh, like, three CMC or less reanimation, and, uh, yes. and, like, two, or, like, two power or less reanimation, because yes. in both cases that works well with clones, and this guy, uh, would benefit from that. I would definitely run him and, and that kind of build. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, as of right now, if you're just doing fair stuff, like copying your bane of progress or whatever, that's it's eh, fine. It's fine. Not yeah. that exciting. I think that clones are only going to get better as if we see more power based reanimation. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that, uh, the the fact that they are pretty much always zero zeros is really interesting. Yeah, and really useful. Being able, yeah, being able to play around with that is cool space that mm-hmm. they haven't really they barely touched on. Mm-hmm. So I think there's definitely a lot more space to mine there. Yeah. All right, Nexus of Fate. Oh yeah. boy, there's a lot to say. Uh, so five blue blue instant. Take an extra turn after this one. If Nexus of Fate would be put into a graveyard from anywhere, reveal Nexus of Fate and shuffle it into its owner's library instead. You want you want to get started on this one? Yeah, so I this is one of the cooler extra turn effects they printed in a while. Mostly because you can actually main deck it and not feel bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you never deck out, so that's awesome. It's an instant that's pretty cool. Um, also, like, how can I get this card if I were to want to want to get this card. Oh, see, you just have to go to your local game store and spend $90 for a box. <laughs> oh, so convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a little bit terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't like that at all, honestly. I, I, I'm totally fine with them doing buy a box promos and, and have been in the past, but these new like buy a box promo that's not actually in the set but is standard legal, I feel like that's a tight rope to walk. Yeah, like I was... I wasn't happy about it, but it, when it was Fire Song and Sunspeaker, the six mana multicolor, yeah. like clearly Commander Plant, like okay, whatever. Yeah, um, I don't mind it that much. But this is actually, but this is ex- an extremely useful card. Like any deck that was any like self mill deck that was using Lab Maniac as a win con. Yeah, like they're just gonna run this instead. This is perfect mm-hmm. for that. Like uh, it doesn't get fucked over by removal, doesn't mm-hmm. get fucked over by graveyard hate, counter spells don't really do anything. Yeah, it just, yeah, just goes back to your deck. Yeah, and then you uh, just have to figure out some way to win when you have infinite turns. <laughs> and, and you can't deck out. Yeah, you can't deck out, and your graveyard is stocked. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, I think this is a very powerful card. Uh, there's a lot of decks that can that it can go into because mm-hmm. you'll probably still run it in like the time warp combo decks uh it's not mm-hmm. as easy to abuse as say like you know time warp temporal manipulation but still useful like narset's gonna run it keeps, yeah keeps narset from decking out yeah also the fact that it's a blue instant it means it's marginal marginally like more findable in color mm-hmm. there is a lot more merchant b- scroll mer- yeah the merchant scroll there's a lot more blue instant tutor and instant like recursion and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, so that's pretty cool. It, it's just I I do really like the card. I'm just really upset that I I can't just open it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, let me look at like the blue mythic slots again. There's got to be yeah. something they could have uh, swapped it out for. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just t- make like 
Palladia Moore, uh, <laughs> a buy a box promo. That's fine. That would have been fine. Yeah, one of the Elder Dragons. Yeah. Oh, uh, man, yeah. There's uh, one other thing I wanted to mention, another potential use for Nexus of Fate. So another way it could be used is as a win condition in self-mill decks. So, oh. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of uh, self-mill decks that will try stuff like Lab Maniac or some other, or like a, a several card combo. You might do something with like uh, Kiki-Jiki, Sack Outlet, yeah, Guy, yeah. or just some way to win out of your graveyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Nexus of Fate is just... A, it only takes up a single card in your in your deck. It doesn't require any other additional support. You don't need, like... You don't need to have something in play first. You can just go for it yeah, right there. Yeah, and you don't even need to spend additional deck slots on, like, Dread Return or... Yeah. Like, cards to help you set it up that don't do a whole lot when you draw them. Nexus Fate by itself, it'll keep you alive post-mill. It'll help you win the game. You just need some way to win when you have infinite turns and your library in your graveyard. Yeah. You'd probably run some sort of, if you're in black, some sort of dread return thing, right? Like, that's probably pretty easy, right? Yeah, it's not that hard. Yeah. Still, this is just fewer cards than most other self-mill win cons. God, I'm just upset. (laughs) But it's 25 bucks already. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if, like, Saffron Olive or Travis Wu, like, made a deck built around Nexus of Fate? Yes, And yeah. then, like, you know, a whole bunch of people went out and bought the copies and inflated the price even further. Yeah, or... that would be great. I think that would maybe teach teach a Watsi a lesson. Or, ooh, imagine, like, this really, really not... This is an out-there idea, but somehow this card, like, breaks modern, and then the price goes up like vastly above that of Jace the Mind Sculptor. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that'd be incredible. That'd be a just a way to an show an exciting development. An exciting development for sure. One with the machine. 3 and a blue sorcery. Draw cards equal to the highest converted mana cost among artifacts you control. Do you want to start us off? Yeah, depending on your build and what you're actually doing with artifacts, this is a very large draw spell. Yeah, the, I think the it works very well with Padim and Muzio. That kind of like fits right into exactly what they're both trying to do. Mm-hmm. So this is just a card that slots into a lot of people's pre-existing decks. It, it just kind of fits right in there. You're going to get a ton of value out of it. Other than that, I don't know. Do you have any other ideas? Something to work with? Well, I don't have more ideas for how to use it, but I just mm-hmm. want to sort of... Uh, comment on the design oh yeah yeah uh so i i'd like to see more cards that reward you for already having stuff on the board mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. i like this a lot better than like vidalcan archmage uh joyra of the g2 that kind of stuff because then you just get this bad tension yeah like if you're running is it signet in your joyra deck shouldn't because it costs more than zero man yeah. <laughs> but if you are uh, then you feel bad because it's like, okay, it's turn two. Do I cast this so that I can get Joyra out next turn? Or do I like wait until turn five to cast it so I get a card off of it? Yes. Like Those kinds of effects and like Enchantress effects, they just uh, make you feel bad in the early game because there's you know Enchantment Acceleration, there's Artifact Acceleration that you want to be casting as early as possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then also like an Enchantress or an effect like Fidelkin Archmage is a really bad top deck after you've already cast all your artifacts. Totally. Um, So I like seeing cards like this where it's like, okay, so I'm supposed to cast all my artifacts 
exactly when I wanted to. Great. Yeah, uh, and now here's more to do. And then if I draw this in the late game, it's an awesome draw. Yeah, I also want to say that uh, you can do better than the flavor wind of uh, Pointer Bridge with this. Mm -hmm. uh, and I will definitely high-five you if you ever uh, Aladdin's Lamp with this out. That's mm -hmm. the That's the true... That's the true achievement right there. You want to get, like, an Alpha Aladdin's Lamp? And yeah, exactly. Uh, draw 55 cards? Yes. <laughs> See, there you go. That's, uh, that's like, 100 gamer points right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think this is a sweet card. The only uh, niggling points I have about it are that, um, one, I'd... I'd kind of prefer to see more cards that reward you for going wide with artifacts, because yeah. that's typically how they play. Yes. It's just, I'm going to, like, this mana rock will help me cast this mana rock. Yeah. Rather than ha casting expensive stuff. But whatever, that's that's a minor point. And then yeah. also, um, blue card draw is naturally so efficient that having to do this thing, like, the reward, if, if, you're, if your blue reward for doing something is going to be drawing cards then it'd better do it at a really efficient rate. Yeah. Like, I yeah. don't know if it's... It's almost not even worth it in the artifact deck to play this card yes. instead of, like, Windfall or Factor Fiction. Yeah, it's just... it's Yeah, why? Yeah. There's not really a reason. And that, that that is my one gripe with it, is that, like, it's almost there. Like, there really is not that many decks that are going to be running this because of that reason. Mm -hmm. Like, you're going to have... For four mana, you can draw a decent amount of cards in blue uh, with yeah. a lot of other things. Yeah, this one, like, necessitates I must already have my Paradox Engine on the battlefield yes. or something. Like, yeah. Whereas anything else, you can cast with no restrictions on an empty board. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Oh, this next card is boring uh. <laughs> <laughs> i it's i i think it's specific people will like it or their specific builds will like it. it is patient rebuilding mm -hmm. um so it is a five mana enchantment it's a three and two blue at the beginning of your upkeep target opponent puts the top three cards of their library into their graveyard then you draw a card for each land card put into their graveyard this way um that that's it so <laughs> seems kind of boring not that strong yeah it's uh, boring you can do better yeah like for five mana like how many turns do you th like a milling an opponent is a downside in commander uh yes b uh how many like you'll probably draw on average one card a turn yeah yep yeah. i think that's what it's balanced around and so like Tidings costs five mana and draws you four cards immediately. Yeah, so why would I run this over? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not really much to say about it. It, I can imagine, you can abuse that for some reason. Like go for it, and that's kind of it. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, Salvager of Secrets, three blue blue for a two two Merfolk Wizard. When it enters the battlefield, return target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I like when they print these effects, or these guys. Mm -hmm. um, this is the third mono-blue person who does this, and I am very thankful. Mm -hmm. uh, they're a wizard, so that's great. They're a merfolk, so that's also great. Like, Archaeomancer's more efficient at four, but yeah. this is But when you beat fine. him with this guy, he's going to hit twice as hard. Whoa! That's a two-times club! <laughs> I don't know, I just like that these... I, I like the redundancy of this effect being printed again. I, I, there are a lot of decks where I ran Archaeomancer and, like, Mnemonic Wall. Yeah. So, and I can imagine certain builds where you'd want all three of these. You'd get the Salvager, the Archaeomancer, and the Wall, and that's probably a good thing. No, yeah, I ran uh, 
when I was just starting out in the format, I ran a Riku Time Warp deck. And yes. <laughs> so, you know, of course I ran Archaeomancer, Anarchist, Izzard Cro- Cronarch, Eternal <laughs> Witness. I'm getting my Time Warps, fellas. They're coming back. All right, uh, moving on. Supreme Phantom. Oh, yeah. One in a blue for a 1-3 spirit. Flying other spirits you control get plus one plus one. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I actually wanted to talk to you about this one in general because I don't know if this is good enough. Mm. Is this good enough? It's, I don't think this is good enough. I don't... Well, I was going to complain about the fact that there's just no deck that wants it. Yeah, there's no deck that wants it, and the reward is really low. Even if it's a flyer for two mana, like it's kind of a do-nothing card. Yeah. So... Okay, a lot of problems with this card. Yeah. We'll, let's break it down. Yeah. Uh, one, there are no blue-based uh, spirit tribal decks. Yeah. Which is fucked up. Like, you'd think that by Get this point, it. they would understand, like, you know, what people want out of Innistrad, this, like, tribal set, is tribal commanders. Yeah. And they, <laughs> they've fucked it up every time. They keep, they, they keep messing it up. Like, of the five tribes in Innistrad, we've only gotten one commander that actually supports one of those tribes (laughs) in those blocks yeah that is true like we got vampires later but it's just like gisa and garalf Mm -hmm. supporting tribal zombies uh so yeah that's one problem is we have never gotten a blue a spirit commander that this could support which is a shame because there are a lot of good spirit token generators yeah yeah definitely and uh, of course a lot of decent spirits the other big issue with this card, and I, I do agree with you, is that the effect is really small. Like uh, Small and boring. Yeah, like usually I don't care that much about pump tribal pump effects unless it's two or more power. Yeah. You're dealing with six times as much life yeah. <laughs> in Commander as you are in like 60 card. 20 life in 60 card versus a, like 40, 40, and 40 for your three yeah. opponents. Yeah. If you're going to invest in effects whose pure purpose is to deal more damage then it needs to be at a much better rate than yeah is playable in 60 card yeah it needs to deal more damage you need to get in there and this honestly like i don't even people were kind of talking about even like modern or something like that because modern spirits has kind of been like a fringe like Mm -hmm. third tier deck for a long time yeah i don't even think this pushes it over the top necessarily Mm -hmm. so if it's not good in eternal formats i really doubt it's gonna be good and well yeah if it's not good in modern if it's not good yeah like if it's if it's not even like they could have done better yeah but, eh. i think this is a pretty safe and and not very thoughtful card yeah like I'm what upset. do people want in a lord it like they like it when it costs two mana and pumps plus one plus one it's like that's it's like okay man thanks yeah, yeah i would have rather have like other spirits you control blank like do something or like yeah you enter the battlefield do that like something that like like quirky uh, spirits do like a naban for spirits or yeah or like whenever a spirit enters the battlefield under your control tap a creature an opponent control like something like like any literally anything else mm-hmm. than one one like something you can like use or build around or play with yeah we talk a lot about like the appropriateness of the reward mm-hmm. because there's just so many cards are designed like here's the hoop here's the reward and uh plus a plus one is like the laziest tribal reward yep in the same way that like drawing cards is the laziest reward for anything yep yeah it's just generically good yeah all right uh moving on to black Ooh. just want to briefly touch on epicure of blood which is four and a black for a four four vampire 
Whenever you gain life, each opponent loses one life. And this slots into the Exquisite Blood combo. Oh, yeah. And that's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, this, this effect is pretty good if you can... Do infinite of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. It's a little weak on its own, but yeah. it's fine. <laughs> yeah, if it goes off. I mean, maybe fine. in uh, maybe in Karlov, maybe. Yeah, actually, th- I mean, there are a few instances I can think of where it's probably fine. Uh, I probably would run every version of this in Karlov. Does Karlov run... Actually, well, it's better than Sanguine... Sanguine Bond is just target opponent, right? Sanguine is target, yes. Yeah, okay. It is target opponent. All right, so if you're only ever gaining one life at a time... Better, strictly better than so. <laughs> Fun fact. Alright, uh, next card. Fell Spectre. Three and a black for a 1-3 Spectre with flying. When it enters the battlefield, target opponent discards a card. And whenever an opponent discards a card, that player loses two life. What are your thoughts? That's great. <laughs> <laughs> like the, I like what, when we get this redundancy in certain effects. I, on its own, for like a game of limited or whatever, like you could play it. But the, in a greater, well piece together deck you get this redundancy of effects so like maybe that you're playing it in nekusar maybe mm. you're playing it in uh, nath or whatever um I, I like the redundancy this provides those decks yeah uh it's a shame that it's like more expensive and fragile than some oh of the yeah other ones. oh definitely um but there I'm, I'm sure there are some decks that want it um yeah 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 it's it's not the most exciting card but again, like I, I think it's good when you have the option to be that redundant. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, I agree. And it does uh, generate a card on its own. Yeah, yeah. There you go. All right, next card: Fraying Omnipotence. This is three, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> three black black sorcery. Each player loses half their life, then discards half the cards in their hand, then sacrifices half the creatures they control. Round up each time. Oh yeah, that's this is a great card i'm gonna slot this into a card that runs children of corliss because mm-hmm. that's pretty good and, and like a tainted sigil like that's the whole point of it mm-hmm. and i recommend you do the same uh if you're listening <laughs> this is just one of those effects that you can leverage pretty easily if you build around it correctly yeah there's a couple commanders that just naturally synergize with it so yeah. uh nath for example mm-hmm, mm-hmm. nath is gonna have a lot of sacrifice like creatures to sack oh, to yeah. it, mm-hmm. um, so that's not a big loss. And then, of course, you get a huge benefit from all the cards your opponents are discarding. Yeah, you get them, you get them back. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Mazarek triggers off whenever any player sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And also, Maz- Mazarek also runs a lot of token generation, so you'll have so stuff you to sack. put the counters on. So yeah. you're going to have tokens, and then you're going to have a bunch of counters just from the sacrificing that your opponents are doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then like doming someone for twenty sometimes is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's even if it's you also like, that's five mana to like cut the game in half is, it's pretty efficient. How many decks are running uh, wound reflection? Uh, a lot of black decks. That that's actually my biggest problem with wound reflection is that like it's way too much money now because people just keep. Just putting it into a black deck. Yeah, they're like, "Oh, this is black wound reflection," <laughs> and you're like, "Is okay?" Because it's not necessarily a wrong choice, but it is most definitely just a boring choice in most decks. Yeah, I agree. It's, you it's can something do that, like, yeah, if you have, I think it's something as people get more card knowledge, they shy away from that stuff. Yes, yeah. There's just better options. It's the same with all the reflect, like, except for mana reflection, which is just like incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, like boon reflection, rage reflection. You kind of 
you learn that that's not quite yeah like, the most efficient way to do it yeah next card uh graveyard marshal it's black black for a three two zombie soldier you can pay two in a black and exile a creature card from your graveyard to create a tapped two two black zombie creature token yeah i yeah. just wanted to touch on this briefly um it, i think it's good in zombie tribal like i think it's fine mm-hmm. yeah there's not a whole lot of decks that want this effect like if you're just some sort of black token build you probably don't want it yeah um, definitely like if you're in say savra mm-hmm. just because exiling your own cards is a pretty big cost in this format especially, especially in black yeah and yeah. especially in a black zombie deck it's an option for zombies yeah, I was really when I first saw this card, I was really excited because I thought it was exile a creature from a graveyard, and I was like, "Oh, oh yeah!" <laughs> and then I read it again and was like, "Oh, all right, yeah. whatever." At least it's a three-two. <laughs> all right, next card, uh, Liliana's contract, three black black yeah. for an enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, you draw four cards and you lose four life. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control four or more demons with different names, you win the game. This card's great. We're going to disregard the uh, alt win con, which isn't like... Not uh, really going to happen. It's not really going to happen, uh, and even in that note, it's actually like not actually that difficult if you were to build around it. In like a mono-black deck, you could conceivably make this happen every now and then. Yeah. But that's not the point. The point is, you in black, you have this flickerable, recurrable draw for on a... On a a body on a thing. Yeah, it's a tidings that with a relevant card type. Yeah, that's so great. Yeah, the only downside is that there just aren't a whole lot of decks in black that yeah. can take advantage of the its enchantmentness. Yeah, I think like Orzov decks. You got like Daxos. Daxos. Yeah, there's probably something. I'm I'm pretty bad at remembering names on the fly. I, 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 think, I assume there's a few more. Yeah, I think sometimes. Well, I mean, people use lots of good stuff, commanders, for different yeah. things, so... if you're running, like, um, open the vault kind of yeah, stuff... Yeah, maybe, like, I mean, you could make, you could conceivably make a Muldrotha build that... Oh, yeah, that runs it. Yeah, that's, that, yeah. Um, yeah, but right. I think that Enchantress becomes a stronger archetype the more cards you have they are just... This is a powerful ETB, and then this enchantment sticks around doesn't do anything, doesn't have to do any anything except, like, make your Sarah's Sanctum better. Yeah. I think that too many Enchantress builds these days rely on enchantments that sit there and kind of do nothing. Like, yes. you know, no mercy or propaganda or just, like, things that are really just waiting to become counters on a Bane of Progress. Yeah, yeah, the, the, you got your rattlesnake rattles, you're sitting there like, no, don't, don't come <laughs> over here, don't do and then you get... Get blown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but this card, the, all the values up front. Yes. Um, so Excellent. if if it dies, who the hell cares? Yep. Yeah, and it's and it's four cards. Yeah, that's so great in that's, black. There, oh. Yeah. No, there aren't that many black cards that are just draw a ton. Yeah, it's uh, great. You've got like your promise of power, and then if you're going. Well, if you've got an extremely low curve, you can always add nauseum. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But in terms of just, like, fair, normal commander decks, there aren't that many effects that do this, so it's, uh... Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's good. Okay, uh, next card. Open the Graves. Three black-black enchantment. Uh, whenever a non-token creature you control dies, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token. Yeah, so I want to say there it's a bunch of zombies walking to, like, a zombie wedding. Do you think this is, like, 
an Ever After reference. Like reference. Oh, I like that. But um, that's that's my headcanon. Yeah, I, I'm gonna. I'm also headcanon acquired. I think this is cool. Mm-hmm. Like this is a lot of black decks like recur the same blood guest or another trader or whatever mm-hmm. over and over again. Like this is a cool way to get marginal value off of that. Uh, I think that you can go crazy with this, but like five mana for an enchantment is a lot. Yeah, I agree. It's that it's kind of uh, expensive and do nothing. Yeah. But hey, there's it's less fragile than like other cards that people were already running, like mm-hmm. Pawn of Ulamog, yeah. Sifter of Skulls. Mm-hmm. So it's it's less fra- fragile than the creature based version. I don't think there's like a critical mass of enchantment yeah. that do this effect. Yeah, I do like it in Tribal Zombies. It's mm-hmm. like a very good way to do something you're doing anyway and get like more token rewards yeah. out of it. Like and of course, it's just great, and like you said, any sack outlet based mm-hmm. black deck, like with Whisper, mm-hmm. sort of just turns Whisper into a Hell's Caretaker. Yeah, which is that's awesome. Yeah, good cards, got uses, just could be better. Yeah. All right, uh, moving on to red. Yeah. Want to start off with Apex of Power? Yeah. Seven red, red, red sorcery. Exile the top seven cards of your library. Until end of turn, you may cast non land cards exiled this way. If this spell was cast from your hand, add 10 mana of any one color. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so I like that they're giving red these big splashy effects, like, finally. Like, spend 10 mana, you get 10 mana and a bunch of stuff. Like, congrats. This is definitely way more interesting than, like, random chaos effects or Comet Storm. I'm so tired of, like, Whims of the Fate or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. just please give me something I actually want to play. Yeah, they've printed enough chaos effects at this point to ruin... So many casual games. Oh, yes. Oh, man. The amount of times I've scooped to... uh, Confusion in the ranks. Thieves Auction. Thieves Auction. The worst. (laughs) But no, this is cool. I, I... I feel like we're finally seeing the fruits of their, like, delving into giving red more late-game stuff that is in color. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that, A, it is in color, that they didn't kind of just give in to people and give red things out of color pie. I I like that they found cool, weird ways to give red card advantage Mm -hmm. and stuff. And this card is, um, I don't know, it's pretty cool. I'm into it. Yeah, I, I really like it in uh, Neheb the Eternal Lists. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, because uh, those decks are really good at generating the mana required to cast this the first time, and what they really need is just cards. Yes. So this does that. Uh, Refundal, <laughs> it's free. Yeah, you it's did just, it. Yeah, seven free cards. It's Yeah, that's so great. The next card, oh my god. Oh. This, is, <laughs> this is my favorite card in the set. Dark Dweller Oracle. One in a red for a 2-2 Goblin Shaman. Pay one, sacrifice a creature, exile the top card of your library, you may play that card this turn. Note that it says play instead of cast, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so you can actually get lands. You too. can hit your land drops, thank, thank you, Watsy. <laughs> so happy about that. So this card is fucking sweet. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this card is awesome. This is, uh, like, you just heard me rant about uh, how they're given red in color pie card advantage ways. Like, this is so cool. Yeah, there are so many decks in red that are great at generating tokens and Mm -hmm. just need additional ways to generate cards. Yeah. Uh, So if you're playing Perforos, if you're playing Krenko, if you're playing Zeta, uh, all of those decks are happy to just, okay, into the hole, goblin (laughs) token. Let's see what's coming up next. 
No, I definitely agree with that. I, I The one complaint I have about this card is that whenever they print an effect that's good in red, they just make it a goblin, casually pumping up the power level of mono-red goblins, <laughs> which, why are you... Like, I understand... That, that is, like, kind of fun, but at a certain point, like, I want the red decks to not all have goblin sub-themes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> please, wizards. I mean, it definitely, <laughs> being a goblin in red, if you're a red creature, is a being benefit. goblin is strictly better. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, for example, this card is a great benefit to uh, Wart the Raid Mother. Yes. Because, yeah. oh, sweet, yeah. it's a sack outlet, so I can keep recurring my, uh, like volley veteran yeah <laughs> more on that later yep yeah that'll um, be coming up but yeah in addition to just converting uh sacking tokens there's also other uh red recursion commanders like alesha uh felden that want ways to get stuff into their graveyard so they can reanimate it mm-hmm. again although felden is also a case of just like you have these extraneous tokens that are going away anyway Yes. So it's great, and it's even uh, got two power for Alesha. How great is that? Yeah, oh man, it's just so good. It's so cool. It does everything. It it's does, a wonderful card. It does everything you want. Incredible. Thank you, Wizards, Thank for you, this Wizards. gift. Really? <laughs> Compared to this next card, which I want to love so much. I, but... want, I also want this to be good, but I don't think it's there. Dismissive Pyromancer. One in a red for a 2-2 human wizard. You can pay red and tap it and discard a card to draw a card. You can also pay two and a red, tap it, and sacrifice it to deal four damage to target creature. Tell me more about Dismissive Pyromancer. Yeah, I got it. So I wish that it was, like, two mana and don't tap to do that or something. Like, like I mean, in a perfect world, it would have been just red, discard a card, draw a card, something like that. Mm-hmm. That would have been awesome, and I would have really liked that. But the fact that this is two mana, it has to tap, so you have to wait a turn. It costs a mana, so you have to, like kind of do that up front like i feel like there's it's just clunky enough to not quite get there get to where you want it to be and the second ability doesn't really matter mm-hmm. like it's gonna every now and then that's gonna come up and you're gonna be like oh screw talrand and you're gonna blow up or talrand or so, something like that like you're gonna be able to just save yourself some grief but really like that first ability is where a lot of the power comes from and i i feel like it's and that's like the that's the weak point yeah i feel like it's not it's just quite... gonna require so much mana over the course of the game yes like red really just needs uh like a straight over like a, a mirror image of merfolk looter yeah like honestly if the, yeah if this was just two mana two two that had tap discard a card draw a card and then the second ability mm-hmm. that'd be great yeah like that would be awesome and i feel like that's not mega busted i feel like that wouldn't break standard and again i haven't tested future future league standard stuff but i can't imagine like when was the last time merfolk looter was in standard yeah exactly it's right now like m13 or something but yeah merfolk looter has never broken standard and i doubt that a red merfolk looter would also break standard so like it was in m12 and it was played exactly nowhere yeah so i i I don't know like i'm not sure what they're worried about i know that red might have more hopefully would have more synergies with it in the future Mm -hmm. but i uh, (laughs) yeah i'm I'm just really upset about this card it's gonna cost a lot of mana over the course of a game it just uh not quite good enough i i want this to be great yeah and i'm going to test it in alesha just to 
confirm my suspicion that it's not good. Yep. But because yeah. uh, <laughs> if it's going to be good in any deck, it's probably going to be good in that one. Keep trying, wizards. You gave us a lot of tools. Yeah, so you did give us like a, an incredible gift right before this. So yeah, I'm, I, I'll forgive you. All right, uh, Goblin Instigator. One in a red for a 1-1 Goblin Rogue. When it enters the battlefield, create a 1-1 red Goblin Creature Token. So there are a couple red token decks that run Krenko's Command or mm-hmm. Dragon Fodder. Mm-hmm. So this could probably find a home in those same decks. Yeah, it's the same, but yeah. better. Zeta runs a lot of like Heat Shimmer effects. Oh, yeah. So yeah. copying this, uh, you get extra tokens is there. Yeah, that's great. I think it's just a good card, slightly better than things that are currently run, so it's fair to say that it's going to be run in this format. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, this is also spicy. They just gave goblins so many things. All right. I know. We're not even all the way done with the goblin. (laughs) All right. uh, Goblin Trash Master. Two red red for a 3-3 goblin warrior. Other goblins you control get plus one plus one. Sack a goblin. Destroy target artifact. Yeah, I don't even really want to talk about this too much because it's just it's just good. Obviously good. It's just obviously good. You like take your goblin instigator and you blow up two <laughs> artifacts, and all of a sudden you got this, and you turned your like crappy one one tokens into smelts. I guess like what that's the new standard for artifact destruction, whatever. Yeah, but just like the fact that it's recurrable, the fact that this guy is tutorable because he's a goblin. I really like seeing more ways for goblin decks to um, uh, interact without diluting their theme because mm-hmm. there just aren't enough goblins that do the red things you need them to do kill stuff uh control the board that kind mm-hmm. of stuff most goblins are just being goblins and pumping other goblins it, like if that's what's kind of what's happening in like a lot of goblin builds yep but this guy a it pumps that's relevant makes your other tokens better and then b like if someone else gets out ensnaring bridge it's it like it doesn't cost you anything to run this guy in yeah. your Kanto deck. Yeah, it's great. It's it's amazing. Okay. Next card. Yeah. Sarkhan's Unsealing. 3 in a red enchantment. Whenever you cast a creature spell with power 4, 5 or 6, Sarkhan's Unsealing deals 4 damage to any target. Whenever you cast a creature spell with power 7 or greater, Sarkhan's Unsealing deals 4 damage to each opponent and each creature and planeswalker they control. So there aren't a whole lot of decks that run big numbers of high power creatures. Mm-hmm. They're like the only one that really comes to mind is Mael, but unfortunately it it's off of casting, so like using Mael doesn't actually trigger this card. Yeah, I was really excited when I first saw it because I thought it was just a uh, better range and tread. Uh huh. And I was really excited. I was like, oh dude, I'll like spend. I'm, I'm totally fine with like getting more triggers instead of five power, like with four, five, six, and yeah. then every now and then getting the wombo combo. But mm-hmm. yeah, the cast is kind of kind of a little bit makes it a little bit not as spicy. I, I I don't know. I can imagine one day this will have a deck that it's just nuts in. But right now, like, seems like yeah. In our in our something. last podcast, uh, we mentioned that it would have been really sweet if and would have made sense if Goreclaw was oh, red green. Yep, yep, yep. And it's like. That would have been perfect. That would have been the deck. Yeah. yeah, that this that is the deck that needs Sarkhan and Ceiling so badly. Yeah, yeah, and I I don't know why it's not ETB. It's not. There aren't that many ways to abuse. Uh, the, like too broken with Lathless. Too broken. With Lathless. Someone's gonna pull that off and seal, <laughs> and then make everyone. If crack. someone didn't come back from the future and fix the card. <laughs> uh, Spitflame. 
Two and a red, instant. Spit Flame deals four damage to target creature. Whenever a dragon enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay red. If you do, return Split Flame from your graveyard to your hand. What decks want to run this card? <laughs> this, uh, oh, good question. This is a cool card if you're, uh, got a bunch of dragons. Yeah. Uh, like, this is fairly efficient. It's an instant, so you can hold it back, like, waiting for other things to happen. Yeah, it's not like red decks had a lot of efficient spot removal waiting in the wings. Yeah, yeah, that which is honestly like I this that's one of the reasons I'm happy this exists is because like it is going to give like a few decks something more to do. Like you can take out those pesky four toughness or less commanders now. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. But I'm sad it only goes into dragon decks more or less. I can't think of many red decks that are just casually running more than like one or two dragon at the top end. Yeah, I definitely think it has to be Dragon Tribal, because yeah. this just is not exciting if, in in and, other and contexts. And in a normal, yeah, in a normal red deck, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I think that it's, it has potential. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind more narrow but playable cards being added to the format, just yep. more card diversity. 100%. Uh, speaking of narrow cards, Volley Veteran. Three and a red for a 4-2 Goblin Warrior. When it enters the battlefield, it deals damage to target creature and opponent controls equal to the number of goblins you control. <laughs> so, again, this is another awesome reward for goblins. Yeah. They went really hard. They went really hard. This is, like, uh, if you liked Flame Tongue Kabu and you like goblins, this is probably better for you. I actually uh, independently designed this card for a, a random... Uh, set i was working on oh really yeah so that's funny yeah i was just trying to find because like goblin just need interaction like this yeah they really do that was one of the things with gem palm incinerator was like that card the reason that card was good was you drew an extra card and you killed something like yeah. it gave the goblin deck a way to interact that it really doesn't have mm-hmm. and so this is the same it's great i mean yeah. it's not the same you don't draw a card but you you, you know you get a four two you killed something yeah, yeah you, you got a four two yeah <laughs> So Colossal Dreadma is the next card. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Colossal Majesty, it's two and a green for an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control a creature with power four or greater, draw a card. I'm inclined to say this is not good enough. Yeah, I agree. I think it's too slow. I think it's not enough cards. You can do better. In green, there's ways to get a whole bunch of cards at once or get multiple cards. If your deck is a go tall deck, then you could be running like Hunter's Insight or Hunter's oh, yeah. Prowess, Which Soul's is Majesty, so many more Rishkar's Expertise. Yeah, so many more cards. And if you're going wide, of course you got Shamanic Revelation, Collective Unconscious. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. this is just better green card draw. Next card, Elvish Clan Caller. <laughs> it is green, green. I forgot this card existed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, kind of just falls out of your mind, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, green, green for a one-one Elf Druid. Other elves you control get plus a plus one. Four and a green tap, do nothing. What do you think about this card? It goes into L's, maybe. I don't actually think he played in Commander. Yeah, I am inclined to agree. It's a two-mana lord, so, like, people love them spicy two-mana lords, but I don't think this is made for Commander at all. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that other ability is not going to work unless you have, like, a Wheel of Sun and Moon yeah. going in a sack outlet. Yeah, and then that's what do you do, what's going on? <laughs> what are, what, what's your end game? Yeah, what are you doing? You got your tell Jalad stylus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's happening? Elf token generation is not that common, and also just like if you're gonna play tribal elves, you're probably playing Azuri. 
Yeah. And yep. his he provides all the pump you're gonna need. Yeah, you don't you don't want more lords in Azuri, you want more value. Yeah, you want like elves that draw you cards or generate mana, like mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. he's got the damage covered. Don't worry about it. Yeah, he's got you, man. Just just relax, get that ramp up so you can make five a bunch of times. Yeah. It's all good. Um, I think this next card is a card you'd put in Azuri. Yeah. So this is Elvish Rejuvenator. It is two and a green for a 1-1 Elf Druid. When Elvish Rejuvenator enters the battlefield, look at the top five cards of your library. You may put a land card from among them onto the battlefield tapped. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. What do you think about this relative to, like, <laughs> what else, Farhaven Elf? Yeah, um, I think there's some decks where Farhaven Elf is going to be better because you can miss with this. And then I think if your deck is running a bunch of lands and specifically a bunch of non-basics, this is awesome, because you're going to hit most of the time, you can recur it, uh, you're going to get those non-basics into play when normally you, it's pretty hard to cheat a non-basic land into play. Yeah. Um, reduces shuffling time. Yeah, reduces shuffling. Yeah, honestly, yes. Um, so I, I do like this card. I think this has applications. I think it is deck-specific if you would run it over... Farhaven Elf, mm-hmm. in particular, because I think that Wood Elves is usually probably going to stay. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. probably going to make the cut. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it seems like a strong ETB creature. It's got relevant types. I think that if you don't mind the redundancy, mm-hmm. yeah, he's, yeah uh, exactly. he'll fit, find his way into a lot of decks. Uh, oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Another boring one. Uh, five green green sorcery. It's called Vivian's Invocation. Look at the top seven cards of your library. You may put a creature card from among them onto the battlefield. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. When a creature is put onto the battlefield this way, it deals damage equal to its power to target creature and opponent controls. This is the amount of mana and card that you would spend on this effect, and it's so incredibly fair. Why spend a card doing this when you can do something else that's a little bit more busted yeah (laughs) even even not even like a lot more busted like just even there's things that do something like this better yeah so why use this like this card could cost five mana and it would not be unfair yeah it wouldn't even be like great yeah yeah and then honestly like if you're in green and you're ramping like tooth and nail exists and i'm a proponent that tooth and nail sucks and i hate it but it's better like it's yeah. not that much further off than this and like or yeah like uh green has so much uh to like so many tutoring effects that it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to rely on random value yeah yeah i feel like they could almost shift this effect into red because red like green has such an abundance of riches that there was no reason you'd ever need to cast this card whereas red could actually it would actually be useful and it, because it's random, it would feel more appropriate. Yes, I completely agree. I'm trying to remember the only card that I've run. Oh, maybe you remember. It's the the card from Cons of Tarkir, the Is Mythic. See the Unwritten? See the Unwritten. That's the only version of this that I've ever actually been happy to run that just looked at the top few instead. Just because you can, like... You can set it up and you get two things. Mm-hmm. Where this is... And you look at the top eight cards. And you look at the top eight cards. So, like, this is just so far behind even just that card. Mm-hmm. I do I do want to say... Can I make an honorable mention? Because we didn't talk about it. Because sure. we're not sure how good it's going to be. Is Runic Armasaur. So this is a three minutes, one and two green for a two-five dinosaur. 
Uh, and it says, whenever an opponent activates an ability of a creature or land that isn't a mana ability, you may draw a card. And I'm just bringing it up because this could suck, or this could be awesome, and I don't know yet. <laughs> uh, so I think it's bad in most metas. I think it is commander playable by virtue of the fact that it's a dinosaur, <laughs> it's a dinosaur. that could actually do something, mm-hmm, that could conceivably mm-hmm. increase your resources in some way. That's great. Wow. That makes it playable. Yeah, I, I do think that there, depending on your meta, this might be worth it if like everyone is playing commanders with activated abilities or something like that, or just you have that one guy that like strip mines you all the time, mm-hmm. like, I don't but I don't, I don't actually know how much value you're gonna get off I just, of this. Yeah, I just don't like this kind of effect, like that triggers off of what my opponents do. So yeah. it's like completely within their power to so, not do it. Yeah. yeah. So if they like see, hmm, you know, if I want to do this activation, if I want to use my whisper, I should probably kill that first, and then mm-hmm. they kill that, and then you draw no cards. I think that's oh, just yeah. what's going to happen. If you are about to draw a bunch of cards, they will stop you. <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And or they'll kill it first before they do their yeah. thing. So Yeah. <laughs> not super high on it. But congrats to you dinosaur fans. Mm-hmm. Next card, Regal Bloodlord. Uh this is three white black for a two four flyer. He's a vampire soldier. And at the beginning of each end step, if you gained life this turn, create a one one black bat creature token with flying. Makes sense as a life gain reward for Karlov, mm-hmm. and of course it triggers Soul Warden additional times, gets you more Karlov triggers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only thing I'm skeptical about is like how much Karlov cares about having bat tokens. Yeah, I know that if this worked the way I wanted it to, where like it was whenever you gain life, get a bat, it would have been a rare. Mm-hmm. So like I'm happy they kind of fit it in, kind of somewhat, I guess. Yeah, but um. Yeah, I'm not sure if this is, like, a big enough effect that you can really get that much value out of, because it is end step, so you don't even get the bat right away to get more value out of it. It's kind of goofy. Yeah, I just think that, like, I mean, Karlov typically wins through either commander damage or, like, test of endurance, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so (laughs) the bats just don't seem relevant. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay. All right, next card, uh, Seder Enchanter. One green-white for a 2-2 Seder Druid. Whenever you cast an enchantment spell, draw a card. Tell me, which commander do you think is most appropriate for this card? Oh, man. that <laughs> I cry. Uh, I'm really happy this is at Uncommon. That's one of the big things. But, like, why don't we have... An Enchanter's commander. An commander. Like, what, what are they doing? Yeah. What... Why? Wizards? It's I, been 25 years. <laughs> like, what's happening? I am inclined to think we're going to get one soon. Yeah, hopefully. Just because, like, they checked off a lot of boxes in this set. This set yes, really yeah. implies that they are listening to us. Because mm-hmm. we got wall, tribal... Uh, we got more stuff for Mono Red to do late game. We got a lot of life gain rewards. Mm-hmm. Um, we got... <laughs> dinosaurs yay we got our legendary bear we got a legendary bear yeah congrats so, everyone we so did it. There, there's box checking going on and they are definitely aware so like they got legendary spider out of the way uh a while back like they know what we want and we've been yelling at them about <laughs> enchantress commanders forever for forever unless they're happy to let like daxos <laughs> oh, no, please. 
Yeah, no, the, um, they, they, and we're not really talking about them necessarily, but this set has a ton of awesome reprints too. Yeah. So there, that's kind of a thing we'll talk about more in the wrap up. Yeah, but, we've got a few more cards to get through. We'll, we'll talk about that in yeah, a little bit. But, but this, that, that is the one thing about, um, this card, the Enchanter, that gives me hope is that, like, okay, like, yes, this can be an uncommon wizard. It's like, tell me more. <laughs> like, yeah. where is where is the legend now? I mean, honestly, we could get this wish granted as early as, like, later this summer because Hopefully, with the we know sets. literally nothing about the commander sets except yes. that they've switched over to four decks and they're theme-based. So, like, card types could be a theme and, and oh, later, yeah. like... Yeah, it could be like an it enchantress looks like they, deck. They might even be setting it up with like uh, the themes of M nineteen. They have been working harder to integrate the products. Yeah, yeah, because like with the Commander twenty seventeen, mm-hmm. like all four of those uh, creature tribes. types, like w- tribes, were in standard. Yeah, or are in standard like now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I definitely think we we could be seeing it sooner than we expect. Oh please, wizards! Hopefully, please, oh. wizards! I'm going to email you every day. Yeah, uh, and then I just... One last thing I want to say about this card before we move on. So, it's great that it brings us closer to a critical mass of Enchantress effects. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think we're at six now. That's awesome. Wow, yeah, that's great. But I'm still not sure this is exactly what the archetype needs. As I mentioned earlier yes. when we were talking about that uh, card drawn off of artifacts, that is the kind of effect that we need for enchantments. Just things that, like, work off of what you already have on the field. Yeah, that give you a benefit based on, like, I built this up, now what? Yeah, like, so you don't feel like an idiot. Like, if you've got, <laughs> like, Seder Enchanter and Overgrowth in your opening hand, like, which one do I cast on turn three? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep, I definitely understand that. Yeah. I mean, it's great that they are thinking about the archetype. This, imp- this could imply that we'll finally get what we deserve maybe it's in the third ravnica said the entitled commander player Um, i know look at us over here (laughs) but i do hope that they are a little bit more thoughtful in the future yeah with with the enchantress i think yeah i think hopefully they're realizing like I know more people in R&D play Commander 2 than used to ever before. Mm-hmm. It used to be like Ken Nagel and Aaron Forsyth and like some of the other people. And then I, I, now, I, now I think everyone except for like Mark Rosewater plays a little bit of Commander. <laughs> so Actually, I'll do more research later. I want to see who's leading the Commander decks this year. Oh yeah, that's a good thing. We can we'll Google at it. Because I have a, I have a rough idea of like some of the design tendencies. Oh yeah, def- yes. <laughs> but anyway, that is definitely true. Moving on to artifacts, we've got Desecrated Tomb. So it's a three-cost artifact. Whenever one or more creature cards leave your graveyard, create a 1-1 black bat creature token with flying. So this is a, an interesting little uh, build-around card. Yeah, so I, I like this for the same reason I liked the zombie card earlier, except better, mm-hmm. because it's colorless and it costs three, and flying is slightly more relevant than just a 2-2. Yeah. And also, like you mentioned before, 1-1 tokens are a little bit more useful than... Two two tokens. Mm-hmm. So I actually I, I like this card even more than that other one we mentioned before. So I was thinking about ways to use this card. So there's a couple ways it could act as a win condition. There's mm-hmm. a couple commanders that lend themselves really naturally to like graveyard recursion loops. Mm-hmm. So you've got Teshar, Ancestors Apostle. Sometimes with your Teshar deck, with one's Teshar deck, uh, <laughs> you'll be 
like, okay, sweet, I've got a sack outlet that kind of doesn't do anything, and I've got, like, a Memnite and a Mirror Retriever. And you're like, what am I... Yeah, I understand. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I can do a lot of this, but... Uh, where am I going? Where am I going? And so this might be useful as just a way to get value off of loops that otherwise would just be pointless. Mm-hmm. And then it's good value for stuff like Farika or Sigarda. Oh, yeah, yeah. Although... On the better side, there's also, like, Grenzo and Iname. Mm-hmm. Like, Grenzo, you're shoveling dudes out of your... Like, they yeah, hit the graveyard on the way. Which is the best part. Um, so it could be useful there. Iname, I like because you're playing out of your graveyard, but you're also... Like, sack outlets are pretty important to that deck. Yeah. Because you're... Like, the first card you search for is, okay, where's my blood gas? Okay, now I can look for everything else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you're going to run lots of sack outlets, and this is extra fodder for those sorts of things. So yeah, I think uh, there's a couple decks that could use it. It's not a powerhouse, and it's very niche, but I deem it commander playable. Yeah, I, I do. Also, that's great. Also, this next card, um, this one might be my favorite card in this set, <laughs> even though it's so niche. This is Dragon's Horde. Um, it's an artifact. It costs three. It has whenever a dragon enters a battlefield under your control, put a gold counter on Dragon's Horde. Then it has tap, remove a gold counter from Dragon's Horde, draw a card. And tap, add one mana of any color. This is an interesting card. It's difficult yeah. to evaluate for me. Yeah. I actually think that some dragon decks want this, and some dragon decks don't. Yes. No, I am totally there with that. You don't actually play this in Scion. Yeah. Yeah, even though it makes a mana of any color, I don't actually think this is good in Scion of the Ur-Dragon. Or, or the Ur-Dragon. Or the, yeah, or the Ur-Dragon <laughs> itself. Like, Manalith is not very good in this format. Mm-hmm. But there are some dragon decks that are starved for card advantage, like yes. the mono-red ones. Mono-red dragons, yeah, that's, so, what, that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, so you've got your Lathlis or your Zirulan, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. or even some of the like uh, Fate Reforged tribal dragons. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If, if, they're, if those tribal effects are in colors that can't easily... You're dashing your Kolagon every turn. <laughs> uh, yeah, there are uh, definitely decks that want this effect. Like, Bread doesn't have great ramp, doesn't have great card draw, it's easy great. inclusion. Yeah, yeah. But if you're in a uh, base green... Like, or, if, or if you're in, like, Dragonlord or Jutai or something like that, like yeah. you're not you're not going to play this card. Yeah. Like, that's goof. Oh, man. Whew. This next one is uh, is solid. Yes. Oh, this actually might be my favorite card in the set. <laughs> All right. Uh, Meteor Golem. Seven mana for a 3-3 three, three artifact creature Golem. When it enters the battlefield, destroy target non-land permanent and opponent controls. Wow. So this is solves the age-old problem, how do I blow up that enchantment in mono black? Mm-hmm. Meteor Golem. Hey! <laughs> it's the new it's the new hit thing. This thing is great and gives all of your like black and red decks some way to deal mm-hmm. with all those pesky enchantments and artifacts and things you weren't able to hit in whatever color you were in. Mm-hmm. And, man, does that feel great. It's also incredibly recurrable because it's a creature. Because Spine of Ishtar existed before, but you kind of had to build around it. And... Like, like, sack outlets for artifacts are not that common. Sack outlets exactly. for creatures, you can't when... fucking throw a rock through. <laughs> yeah, without getting... And then also, like, recursion for creatures is a lot more common in multiple colors. Yeah. Uh, so this... The fact that this intersects on the recursion for creatures, recursion for artifacts, sack outlets for creatures and artifacts... Um, you're never really going to cast it for seven. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, in a bad situation, you're casting this for seven, but just the fact that this thing, like, zip-zop-zoops on in and 
blows something up and then you can do it again like your goblin walter this into play multiple times yeah i think what's actually going to happen is like i discard this to faithless looting and then activate my felden yeah <laughs> yeah that's gonna be one of the main ways to do it or you you goblin a welder it into play and then kiki jiki it and like blow up two things and holy cow like that's pretty good yeah so this is awesome, and it gives a lot of decks a lot of play, which is so hilarious for a 7-mana 3-3. Three, three. Mm-hmm. No, I think this is a, a great, great addition to the format. I'm very happy this exists. When I see this card, it makes me really itch for a commander that specifically rewards artifact creatures. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been waiting for that, too. Yeah, because I think that um, we we've gotten to the point where there are enough value artifact creatures that it's like, a subset worth playing you could pick out you know 15 or 20 and and be pretty happy about it and then uh it's also just if you are focusing specifically on artifact creatures then you don't have the problem of most artifact decks which is like the rewards usually just point you towards combo yeah yeah like your your joyra deck if you have anything greater than zero cmc or if like it takes you more than one turn to cast your deck then you've built your deck wrong yeah <laughs> yeah and and this too like the the other thing i really like about this is that this is so unappetizing for like a green deck yeah or a white deck or something like that like that you're not going to play this in those decks like they have way better options mm-hmm. so it's the perfect spot to where decks that need it and want it will have it but other ones won't. Yeah, I like that it's uh for for a black deck if you've got a whisper deck or chainer or something like the initial investment is extremely high, mm-hmm. but after that it just becomes extremely easy. Yeah, you just you get a lot of value out of it very easily. Yeah. So, sweet card. Hope to see uh a way to abuse it even better in the future. Yeah. <laughs> uh all right, next is Sigiled Sword of Valeron. It's three cost equipment equipped creature gets plus two plus so has vigilance and is a knight in addition to its other types whenever equipped creature attacks create a two two white knight creature token with vigilance that's attacking and it equips for three yeah this is i mean this is another this is kind of what we were talking about earlier but it's not a super good knight token generator yeah knights just man they they're they're, really afraid their best days are behind them yeah (laughs) like we got kinsbale cavalier and knight exemplar and that was about five years ago i don't know what they're afraid of like that those cards aren't in standard like they're not gonna break modern tribal decks in modern you have to it has to be either like mega goofy like humans where like just accidentally these are all humans Mm -hmm. or like actually have a lot of synergy like knight exemplar is not actually super good mm-hmm. in modern like that's not a, a three mana lore like even one as strong as that like isn't really gonna break anything like it's just gonna be a strong option and there's so many options in modern that like please just give me something for commander yeah <laughs> give me something you're not gonna break standard you're not gonna yeah, break like, modern like why does this have to give the creature plus two plus oh in vigilance yes Please just shave off everything that is unnecessary about this card and give it to me at the rate for yeah. like, that's like held together with duct tape. Yeah, sword of Valeron. Yeah, sort sort of like recruitment, like I'd like copper sword of recruiting for a lot less. Yeah, mana. just pawn off the gold and like the, the medallions. I think Ariel might be desperate enough to run this anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I actually think that is definitely true, um, which is sad. Yeah. 
Alright, uh, next card, Skyscanner. Three costs, artifact creature Thopter, 1-1, one, one, Flyer. When it enters a battlefield, draw a card. It's very simple, very plain design, but I think... Uh, I might actually consider running this in Teshar. Teshar just... Oh yeah? Yeah, yeah. ...really cares about artifact creatures with CMC three or less that generate value. Like, this mm-hmm. checks a whole bunch of boxes, so, like, because yeah. once you got a loop with this going, it's, like, I mean... Well, even, like, in a in other decks, like, this is not necessarily the worst thing in decks that recur. Like, let's say you're running, like, Vidalkin. You care about artifacts and you're running uh, the Vidalkin bouncer things or whatever. Master Transmuter. Master Transmuter. Um, like, something like that, like... Even worst case scenario, you have no cards in hand and you're just flipping this back and forth on the battlefield drawing card. Like, it doesn't actually seem like the worst option for other decks, too. Like, obvi- like I do agree with you. I think it's better in Teshar. But I could imagine there being some loop that someone would want to put this in. Mm-hmm. Maybe in Psy, because it's... You get yeah. An extra, so it's two Thopters and a card for three mana. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty Maybe. great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you, and you can sack them both to draw a card. Oh, speaking of good artifacts, yeah. this, this is a real strong one. Transmogrifying wand. I was hoping we were going to talk about this. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I know. Like it's it's one of those cards that like looks so goofy, and your eyes just kind of glaze over, and then you you, you like, think wake about up it. in the middle of the night. <laughs> like, yeah, like oh yes. So it's three cost artifact. Transmogrifying wand enters the battlefield with three charge counters on it. One tap, remove a charge counter from trans- transmogrifying wand. Destroy target creature. Its controller creates a two four white ox creature token <laughs> activate this ability only anytime you could cast a sorcery it's so good <laughs> so the the value on this like the the mana that you put into it is not bad like okay you spend three up front so the first one the first time is four mana yeah so you spend four mana to transmogrify a creature yeah but I can almost guarantee that you'd spend four mana to turn any like terrible threat into anything else. Like, mm-hmm. like basically killing. Let's killing a, a commander or killing oh, commanders are kind of worse. But like, let's say you kill pathbreaker. Yeah, Ibex. pathbreaker. I I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you, they have a pathbreaker ibex, and you go. I'll totally spend four mana to kill that, and then on top of that, you get two more times for two. Like, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so good. Like a two four is such like. Honestly, just a piece of garbage in Commander. Yeah, there's a reason Beast Within and, like, Pongify are yes. so frequently played. Yes. nobody gives a shit about creatures with those stats. Yes. And then two is, like, everything can block a two-power creature. Yeah, like, it's like, I will take, take two, two any amount yeah. of times. Yeah, I will gladly take two instead of have whatever you were doing over there. Oh, happened. no, one-twentieth of my life total. Five yes. percent closer oh. to death. God, why? Yeah, no, th- so this is freaking cool, and there's a lot of ways to abuse it. You can bounce it, you can recur it, uh, you can proliferate the counters. You can even if copy it with you can Kirkesh. copy it with Kirkesh, you know, you know I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to do that. Um, there's, it's so great, and it's just this goofy little piece of tech that just can slot into decks that really need it. Isn't it great that they intentionally chose stats that Kirkesh could beat? Yeah, <laughs> like come at me, Ox. It's so great. I'm so happy. Yeah. So there's just a lot of color identities that are not the best at dealing with creatures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mono blue, mono green. Yeah, mono red, mono red, mono brown. Being able to kill three creatures at a decent rate. 
I mean, two per. That's that's fine. That's yeah. That's Doomblade rates. Yeah, that's awesome. I would spend gladly spend two mana to kill a creature. Yeah. So uh, I think it's awesome. It's great in uh, artifact builds for the same reason that Goblin Trashmaster is good in Goblin builds. Yeah. Like it's a way to interact and do something useful that is itself a good rate, and then doesn't detract from the theme yeah yeah totally and it's three and now you have a trophy mage so it's even easier like they made it super easy to find you can tutor with any artifact tutor and this highly abusable card it's great this is great you got first in the competition yeah (laughs) and here you go here's your transmogrifying wand kid (laughs) go nuts all right that is actually uh the end of all the cards i wanted to talk about uh unless Detection Tower exists. Yeah, Detection Tower exists. You can play it if you play against a lot of hexproof. All right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Have fun. Okay, uh, you want to talk about the set as a whole? Yeah, so I, I think you mentioned this in the last one, but when they started spoilers for this set, it just seemed super unappetizing. And we had friends like, who's going to buy M19? And I was like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, I don't want to draft this set. I'm not going to buy any cards from this set. I know. There were weeks at a time where we'd, we'd seen, like, 30 or 40 cards and it's like i don't want any of these yeah it was like the rares were uninteresting the commons and uncommons looked like not very fun and then out of nowhere it was like boom 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 and all these exciting things and cool effects and reprints like we didn't really talk about the reprints but like omniscience is being reprinted scape shift is being reprinted crucible crucible Crucible. finally Finally, Crucible. I've like, been waiting on the Crucible reprint for five years. Yeah, for so long. And also, like, I think really what it took was for uh, the little snake friend to not break standard for them to go, okay, this is cool. Yeah. And then and then here we go, here we are. So just the amount of value in the mm-hmm. set, the amount of cool cart Magistrate Scepter is in mm-hmm. the set, that's so freaking Death cool. Death Baron. Death Baron was an awesome reprint. There's just so many cool things that they... Uh, kind of just snuck into a corset that looked initially really unappetizing so i'm i am definitely excited to draft it i'm excited to buy cards and the other thing that is a definitely a benefit but not something we usually talk about all the time is that these cards are not expensive these cards are cheap as hell these cards are mega cheap so like unless you're buying one of these aforementioned like staples or reprints it's like crucible scapeshift 10 planeswalkers and then everything else is, like, five bucks or less. Yeah, it's incredible. So you can, like, flush out so many decks. Or actually, sorry, some of the dragons are worth money. but uh, Yeah, I mean... I but know. just all these, like, yeah. main deck cards that we've been talking about today, like... Yeah, I, yeah most I, of these will cost you not much money to yeah. put into your decks. And especially, like, the new Legends and stuff like that, which are all pretty sweet. Like, it's... I'm very, very happy and excited to actually open some of these cards up and and get some of these things into decks it's pretty exciting yeah i'm uh i'm also stoked i it's a it's kind of weird that spoiler season ended so far in advance of yeah that was that's release i mean i guess it's like everything's gonna be even cheaper because there's more time for the yeah for the hype to drop yeah yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, all in all, they just dominated themselves. They dominated themselves. <laughs> Maybe they're like hoping that that model went so well for them. <laughs> that's just how every set should be. Oh, good. <laughs> no, yeah. So I, I'm very excited about this. Like, that honestly, it, 
the fact that a core set had so many things for Commander in particular. Mm-hmm. Wizards, uh, keep, keep up the good work. Yeah, no, this, this has great. been uh, a hell of a run. Yeah, These, really. Because, uh, like, I, I mean... Masters 25, sure, it had a tree in it. Yeah. <laughs> but pretty sweet set overall. And a like, lot of cool cards, yeah. And the uh, the watermarks thing was awesome. Yes, I, also I, love I that. I prefer any version of those cards with watermark over one that doesn't. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Same. Dominaria, great set. We were all really happy with that. Lots of legends. Good set yeah, for Commander. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Battle Bond, awesome, multiplayer-oriented, tons of sweet cards, yes. good reprints. And then M19, yeah, it's still... We normally do not get this many cards that are relevant to the format in a year. Like, most years go by, and sets come out, and they're fun to play or whatever, and maybe there's a few cards that are Commander playable, but this year has been just this boon mm-hmm. of Commanders and cards for Commander. It's so great. It's so awesome. Yeah. So I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm really uh, pleased with how things have been so far this year, and... Uh, Really excited to see what the new Commander decks look like. Yeah, I'm... They they are on a roll. They are on a roll, so that gives me hope. I'm kind of keeping my fingers crossed and also stealing myself for disappointment. And then, honestly, even if it isn't fine, even if they completely, like... Ixalan it up. Ixalan it, yeah, Ixalan us, then at least we got all this other cool stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's that's great. That's fine. All right, uh, there's one last thing I wanted to talk about before we sign off for today. So I mentioned when we were doing our Battle Bond set review that I thought it was interesting that Will and Rowan Kenworth were the first oh. <laughs> first Planeswalkers we had seen in which one of them was a member of a set of twins and the other twin was also a Planeswalker. Yeah. So I thought that that seemed to imply something about the nature of the spark. Maybe that it's more likely in certain bloodlines or that it's something about their experience the experience of the kenrith twins made them more likely to develop a spark yeah. then in the storyline for uh, m19 we yeah. found out that ugin and nicol bolas were actually twin brothers of yeah. the two planeswalkers we know of that have twins both of those twins also have sparks yeah <laughs> so it's a lot of i mean granted we have a small sample size here but really seems to imply that something about the spark is either very clearly genetic or can be or is environmentally based in that these twins have both gone through the same thing so i'm can't wait to see more of the m19 story and see how they discuss nickel bolas or ugin sparking yeah yeah i'm actually very curious to see like how that happens maybe it'll give us some context about is it something environmental like yeah that that is one thing that even after 25 years i really want to know is more about the spark and more about like what a plane means like Mm -hmm. and what like what are the blind eternities there's a lot of like world building stuff that is integral to like the story that we just have never actually heard about yeah and never really touched on yeah i think they're just throwing away potential like plot hooks and storylines because because like we this is the thing that is unique to magic this these are the ground rules and now, yeah. instead of talking about them, we're going to tell you a story about this revolution in a city that nobody cares about. Mm-hmm. Like, really, it's a way to make something that's uniquely magic, like a story that is unique yeah. to the magic universe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm very excited. The stories have been good. I I read a lot of Kate Elliott 
anyway, so I was actually really excited that she was doing it, so <laughs> that's pretty cool um, that she's been doing a good job, I think. Also, like, I am Timur for life, so, like, Yasova in the story is pretty red. I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> oh, see, I don't even, I don't, I'm not a big fan of that framing mechanism, because it's like, okay, I've got to read you know, half the story about these... Yeah, do you, to be fair, I don't... I also agree with about you. About these barbarians. I would... Oh, I, I like the barbarian... Like, seeing what it's like on Tarkir post, like, dragon-mending thing, like, dragon timeline happening. But I, I'm upset that I have to read through this thing in, like, weird third-person Ugin voice. Or, like, some, mm-hmm. someone is telling me this in Ugin's voice who is an Ugin in this other story. So I would rather just get barbarians go to this place and learn this story as opposed to like mix and match like it has been i would much rather get a really fascinating story about characters we know and like we're learning a lot of new (laughs) things about them yeah and it's also like a compressed timeline so we get to see just just the highlights of their 25,000 years of life. Yes. The most interesting things that ever happened in their, like, millennia yeah. experience. Yeah. Versus, like, and then there was an avalanche, and the goblins got squished. And it's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I don't know, I'm excited. They, it's better than I thought it would be. Yeah. I, well, actually, I should say, it's... Uh, I, I was worried, based on the continuity errors in Dominaria, that that would continue, and it hasn't really been an issue. So, mm-hmm. yay. Yeah. Thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch with me, I am at Commander Theory on Twitter and Tumblr. If you want to reach Zach, he is at Fat Bartleby on Twitter and Tumblr. The opening song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy, and you can check him out on SoundCloud. We'll talk to you guys next time. 